this podcast should never be considered medical advice, and you should always consult with a healthcare prof professional of some sort before implementing anything you see on this podcast. Now, with that in mind, um, I seem to be missing my co-host, which is pretty much par for the course with Jeff. Um, so it might just be me doing a podcast again. And oh, look who decided to arrive! What's up, man? We're recording a podcast. Well, that's today. Yeah, we've known about this for like a month. Oh, I was just eating my... We have a live guest booked for it. Well, who, who's our sponsor then? I was just about to get to the sponsors, but that's a nice segue, so thank you. Feel free to have a seat. All right. I was just going to eat my lunch, but... Well, our sponsor today is Edamam. No way. I mean Edamam Beans. I love Edamam Beans. I don't know how Bean can sponsor us, though, John. Why are you wearing my shirt? I thought I told you I was wearing the pink octopus today. <laughs> I thought you said pink unicorn. Uh, oh man, this uh, is what happens when you have a bond like Jeff and I do through a, a show like this. You just can't find good talent these days. <laughs> All right, so as mentioned, we are sponsored not by a bean, but by a group called Edamam. So Jeff, I'm pretty safe to assume what comes to your mind when I say Edamam, isn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah, Edamama beans. But that's not at all what Edmam is. So what they are is um, kind of an online nutrition tool. So you can uh, enter in ingredients and find out the macros and calories and all that kind of stuff for them. Um, same with recipes and all that kind of stuff. So Edmam organizes the world's food knowledge and gives it back to people so they can make smarter food choices and live healthier, happier, longer lives. Their goal is to power the food and nutrition information for every business that touches people at the point of making food a food choice from restaurants to grocery stores, and from dietitians to hospitals. And as well, who's every episode brought to us by? Us. Yeah. Or Pink Unicorns. The Pink Unicorn Technology System, also known as Core Health Technologies, the number one all-in-one wellness platform trusted by wellness providers for over two million employees worldwide. All right, that's our sponsors. Now. What are, we, what are we always asking our, our viewers to do, Jeff, every episode? Uh, I don't know. What? Tell me. We're always asking them to write in. Oh, yeah, right. right. And where right can in. they write into us? Podcast at corehealth.global. Nailed it. See, Jeff's growing. He's, he's getting responsibilities like that on the show now, which is pretty cool. So what's not cool is despite this request, no one actually wrote in. Wait, wait, well, we actually got one. So someone wrote it's in. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. Uh, someone wrote in saying, hey, I really like the show, and um, would you be interested in a suggestion? I was thinking, yeah, absolutely, right? That's what we want people to do, send their suggestions, feedback for the show. Ended up being a sales pitch for some sort <laughs> of wellness media stuff. So. So there's that. And then the only other contact we got was from someone I actually know who sent me a personal message that I'm just gonna read out to you here, okay? <coughs> so it says, I just realized the John and Jeff podcast reminds me of Bob and Doug McKenzie in Great White North. Ha ha. Too bad you can't smoke and drink beers on the show, eh? Jeff might be smoking something off screen though. So that's the quality of the content we've been getting from our viewers so it's really important we had a prize last time and no one actually won the prize from our, our guest dr jack really? wilson his book the paleocardiologist oh that's too bad that that's is a too really bad. good book yeah well jeff's keeping it now so write in tell us your ideas tell us why you think it's the john and jeff show or the jeff and john show um whatever it is we want to hear it we'll talk about it on the air and you could maybe win a cool prize win sound a good cool prize whatever that could be yeah it might be a lunch date with Jeff. Okay. Now, are no you one, paying? Now no one's going to write in. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're paying. Yeah. Uh, What's next, John? Yeah. What's next is Wellness News. So, what do we have in Wellness News today? Like, I guess I'm going to start with a uh, study that was done at Stanford. So, a pretty cool study that uh, they looked at, they surveyed adolescents and how they make independent food choices. And they found that teens that have health-oriented food rules at home are more likely to eat healthier on their own. So for example, food rules could be things like, you know, every dinner has a vegetable with it, uh, snacks are only for special occasions, things like that. So they, they surveyed over 1,200 students in a 
uh, kind of a diverse San Francisco high school. So it wasn't, you know, just wealthy people or just poor people or anything like that. And they were asked about their dietary beliefs and behaviors, that kind of thing. And then um, afterwards, when they did the survey, they were told, hey, as a reward, you can pick any two food items from this table. It's unsupervised, there's no, you know, no principal or adult looking over what they're gonna do. And the ones on the survey who answered that they had these rules at home around um, healthy eating were way more likely to choose the healthy snacks from the table. So they didn't grab the chocolate bars, they grabbed the banana or apple or things like that. So what can we glean from that? Lots. <laughs> Nailed it. No, uh, obviously, you know, what, <laughs> what you tell your kids is very important, right? Your family and, influences your decisions. That's what, that's yeah, what that tells me. Exactly. So why not influence the healthy choice? Absolutely. Yeah. You got that one right, Jeff. That's a nice change for the show. And um, I'm going to turn it over to you for the next part here. <laughs> so this next study uh, was a five-year uh, study of 60,000 Japanese people with diabetes. Um, basically what the study was about was that they found that people with diabetes who ate slower were more likely to be a healthy weight than their peers. Um, so basically the studies showed that uh, the people who reported being fast eaters were more likely than their peers to have a higher BMI, a BMI of 25 or higher, right? 25 and lower being a healthy BMI. Um, the fast eaters also had a larger waistline um, compared to the slow eaters. Um, and compared to the fast eating group as a whole, the slow eating group had on average a waistline that was over two and a half inches or six centimeters smaller. Um, the slow eaters also had an average BMI three points lower than their fast eating peers. Um, so that group, the, the slow eating group had a significantly lower portion, uh, proportion sorry, of obese individuals. Um, so I think you know what I glean from this is um, eat slower, right? Yeah, slow it down. Yeah, hang out with your family, talk. No need to rush. You know, we're, we're such in a rush these days in our society, right? Even when we, food is like more of an inconvenience now than what it's meant to do, which is to nourish us. And we need to just slow down and be present with our food. And with that in mind, we may, we may have some donut hijinks for you guys later, where we definitely do not slow down with our food. So stay that. tuned for that. All right, one more item for wellness news. Um, now this is something I thought was pretty crazy. Obesity, obesity is said to overtake smoking as the biggest cancer risk. Obesity, wow. like greater than smoking. Yeah, I and, believe it. You know, it kind of makes a lot of sense because we've, we've done all these ad campaigns. If you buy a pack of cigarettes, right, you see some person dying or really unhealthy looking in some way. You see commercials on TV, but you never see commercials or advertisements on, let's say, a, a bag of Cheetos, right? Doesn't say, hey, you know, you could get all these different types of cancer or, or things like that. So it kind of proves that education works as far as health goes, but. Well, it also has to do with the, the proportion of the population who's obese, right? So, uh, you know, smoking uh, rates have been on the decline for decades now. It's around, I think, 15% of the population in Canada smokes, whereas the obesity rates have been on the rise. So you can see why that's gonna probably just you know overtake sheer volume will overtake um, smoking as the major cancer factor right yeah exactly With nearly half of our, our population being overweight or, or obese and I think you know access to information is a big part of that as Absolutely. far as why one is declining and another's not so the World Cancer Research Fund has provided a 10-point plan to cut to cut cancer risk by 40% so really if someone told you you can reduce your risk of cancer by 40% wouldn't you do it Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a significant risk for something that we're all worried about getting. So a few highlights from that um, study, which was kind of a meta-analysis, I guess, of uh, over 50 million people mm -hmm. that they looked at. And they said small amounts of alcohol and processed meats may increase cancer risk. So, so much for hot dogs and beer. <laughs> um, An excessive weight is the cause of at least 12 types of cancer. Can you believe that? 12 types of cancer. I didn't even know there was 12 types of cancer. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> We're so qualified for a health show. <laughs> What's cancer again? <laughs> um, you should drink water and not any sort of uh, unsweetened drinks. No, I think you meant the opposite. You should drink water and unsweetened drinks. And unsweetened drinks. That's right. That's a good Because point. sweetened drinks are bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> like pop. Man, we're 
what is revolutionizing the health industry today. Um, all right, what else do we got here? So reduce consumption of fast food and foods high in fat, starches and sugars. Pretty intuitive one there. Makes sense. Avoid tobacco in any form. Kind of talked about that with even the e-cigs last time on our last episode. Yep. Be physically active, so be like John, not Jeff. Um, have a diet rich in whole grains, vegetables, fruit, and beans. Maybe even edamame beans. Edamame beans. I'm hungry. That reminds me. I'm gonna eat some more. This one was kind of interesting. Mothers should breastfeed to avoid breast cancer. I didn't even know about that one, but that was actually one of the points on this 10-point plan that was called out by the World Cancer Research Fund. Um, and avoid supplements related to cancer prevention and rely on food primarily. So there was a study recently, or not somewhat recently, about vitamin A actually increasing lung cancer risk when you have high levels of it. So huh. I think it's probably related to that. So kind of interesting. You're a plethora of knowledge, John. A plethora, he says. All right, well, we got a really cool guest today that we're gonna introduce. Who's that? Well, her name is Tanya Gustafson, and we're actually gonna have her on site today. So, um, Tanya is a clone nutritionist that's been active in the health and fitness industry since 1986. In fall of 2011, Tanya partnered with internationally renowned nutrition fitness expert Mark McDonald, and in spring of 2017, officially earned the title of Master Nutrition Coach. That's a pretty cool title. Through Venice Nutrition and the International Board of Nutrition Fitness Coaches. Currently, Tanya is one of only five health professionals licensed and certified in Canada to deliver this proven three-phase program of blood sugar, blood sugar stabilization and not dieting. In addition to her education, Tanya has also witnessed firsthand within her own family the role that food plays in the level of health we are either able to enjoy or suffer with, with and brings us knowledge along with practical solutions to her clients. Committed to ending the dieting madness and educating people on how to increase their level of health as they age, Tanya is passionate about sharing the benefits of balanced nutrition and exercise with the world. So without any further ado... That was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. She must know her stuff. She must. She's a master nutrition coach. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. When were you last time the master of anything? No comment. Yeah. Okay. All right. Without any further ado, let's welcome our guest, Tanya Gustafson. Tanya, thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited to have a master nutritionist in our presence. And, um, you know, how the heck did you become a, uh, a master nutritionist and end up in this field anyways? What led you down this path? Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's good to be here with you, Jeff and John. And um, what got me into nutrition is basically um, to be certified and licensed as a nutritionist. I did that part of it so that my family would take me seriously when I was talking to them about health. Mm. Um, and I've always been into health as a teenager. I was getting my fitness instructor's license in high school and in my grad year. That's what I was doing. Other people were going to parties. I was going over and uh, doing my training and getting, studying and doing that. And so I've been in the field a long time. And I've just always been known as the health nut. Wherever I worked, people would ask me the health questions. We'd talk about them. I've seen how food, um, people in my family have changed different things with their diet and the really, uh, the impact that it made in their lives when they did that positively and when they didn't, uh, what happened. And so I've seen too many people die early, so I want to help change that. That's awesome. And you may be a health nut, Jeff, yeah. just a nut. <laughs> true, true story, true story. So. Nuts are healthy. Nuts are healthy. I eat them all the time. They're great. Um, so, uh, I mean, John alluded to this earlier in the podcast how obesity is taking over smoking as a leading you know, cause of cancer these days. It's, it's a, there's an epi epidemic in, in diabetes as well, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, what's everyone doing wrong with nutrition these days? Like, I mean, you know, I don't know if there's ever been this many obese or overweight people in the history of, you know, humanity. No, you're right. So there hasn't. Happening? There hasn't. And this may be the first generation that that kids, like my kids, um, will be will not live as long as their parents, which is really alarming. Yeah. And diabetes is one of the, those top things, and it's all, um, and right now even Alzheimer's is being, by the experts are now calling it type three diabetes. Really? Yeah, so that, that is a thing, and it's just a, it's a really big problem, and people are just not eating well. They're making poor choices, there's too much out there, uh, diets don't work, people that have tried diets, 
the statistics say that every 90 days they're trying a new program or a new book because it doesn't work. Right. You can get results on a diet, you just can't keep them long term. It's just not feasible to stay that in that utopian little state for right. a long period of time. So people need to learn how to eat the foods they love that are going to work with their body's physiology yeah. to get the results that they need and to up-level their health. And when we put more and more things in that are good for you, it sort of pushes out the bad things. Right. And, and educating people also, letting them know that just, you know, low fat is not a good thing, you know? It's just that whole craze there caused a huge obese ec epidemic. Yeah, because they just pump more carbs and more sugar into the food. Absolutely, and yeah. people are understanding that, um, yes, as you're eating all these carbs and they're saying, you know, the Canada Food Guide is, is wrong and they're telling you how to eat so many different types of grains and processed things every day and that converts to sugar which then stores as fat. Right. So they're saying don't eat so much fat, but they're actually giving you something that will be stored as fat. Right. Whereas if you eliminate those and eat your healthy fats, you get a much better result. And then combine that with more of a, I mean, for what I see, a sedentary lifestyle, right? I mean, yeah. more and more people are standing at, standing, well, I, I stand at my desk. I gave up my, my it's a better chair. Idea. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I gave Absolutely. up my chair over a year ago. Love it. Yep. I just, you know, I feel so much better. I started, you know, having, you know, lower back pain or whatever just from sitting all the time. But I just, I just feel better. I feel more inspired and more energized. And, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, so yeah, combined, you know, with sitting at your desk all day or whatever and not eating properly, I mean, it's no doubt that the, you know, obesity, you know, rate has skyrocketed over the last couple decades, especially. Even amongst our children, you know, juvenile diabetes rates going up, that sort of thing. It is. It's just... It is a real thing. Type 2 diabetes used to be called adult onset diabetes. That's right. Because only adults got it. Yeah. Right? And now kids are getting it. So now they're just calling it type 2 diabetes. I know. Yeah. And I, I, I read something somewhere how, how that actually has created a great disservice to us by renaming it type 2 diabetes because it really shouldn't be happening in children. Should it be. is adult onset diabetes. That's right. let's, let's be honest with it. It's lifestyle related. Yep. So children shouldn't be having this these issues you know, in, in their early years. I mean, if we're eating, you know, getting, children should be able to play. My, my son's playing, you know, yes. as soon as he comes home from school, he's able to play and all that. You know, he eats well and everything else. No problems, right? He's right. Just, he doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. Right? Yeah. And he's always eating because he's, you know, using up so much energy constantly. That's but, right. you know, so many kids these days, they, they go to school, they, they get picked up from school, they come home, and they sit in front of the TV or, or a tablet or a computer or whatever it is. You know, and, uh, and they don't get enough activity and combined with not, you know, proper eating because a lot of parents aren't necessarily educated, in, you know, like yourself in nutrition, that That's sort right. of thing. They just want to be able to, they're coming home from work, tired, exhausted, understandably, and they yep. just want the quick and easy. So they'll put the, you know, box pizza in, in the oven or whatever and, and call that dinner. Yeah. Right? No, that does happen a lot. And even I used to work in a school, I told you, right? So I was in the classroom for, for you know, over 10 years. And, and before that, I worked in. Um, in people's homes with autistic children and doing programs and stuff and food plays a big role and being in the classroom I would see what kids would bring for lunch yeah. And I would hear what they're having after school when they you know get to go get picked up And they're gonna go stop here there and everywhere and pick up the slurpee and do this and do that and and at, You know what things that you and I maybe were called a treat when we were a kid You know once a week maybe you get an ice cream cone a little one yeah. like this right yeah. now It's they have the juice boxes and they have the chocolate milks in there and they have those little horrible lunchable things and they're oh. Right, the bane of my existence is in the schools there, and then they're going to go out and have these other things as treats because, like you said, the parents are exhausted and they're tired. So now instead of that one treat pizza meal, yeah. they've had about five different things in a day, and even juice boxes and the little chocolate milks are thinking, well, those are even for the parents that are thinking along the healthier lines. They still give their kids those, and they're not realizing that they have at least seven to eight teaspoons of sugar yeah. per each. Wow! And nobody would, in their right mind, put seven teaspoons of sugar in a glass and drink yeah. it themselves or give it to their child. Yeah. But they don't understand the gram to teaspoon equivalent. If you yeah. take the grams on a, on a package of anything and you divide it by four, your sugar grams, you're going to get the teaspoon equivalent. Wow. So now you can get a visual. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's interesting to say that because I know when my, when, you know, my son, if he goes to my parents for the day or something and, or wherever, if he's out and about, I always ask what he ate because Again, if, if my parents fed him pizza for, for lunch, I'm not gonna feed him pizza for dinner. Right. You know what I mean? Like I wanna make sure he's getting the healthy nutrition, you know, the food side. The treat was once. Yeah, the not treat. all day long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think I think that's part of the problem too, is lack of communication yeah. between, you know, because you don't know what your kid's eating all day necessarily if you are working all day and they're, you know, 
at you know school or going out with their friends afterwards or going to someone else's house or whatever they could they could have had five cookies at their buddy's place and then they come home and oh mom dad can I have a treat yeah sure no problem here you know and have a couple more cookies and pretty soon you know after you know two five years of that that's what's happening with the juvenile diabetes oh yeah there's so many factors in there and yeah parents just need to be educated and um, also kids need to be educated and if we start to teach the kids not just oh don't do that that's bad for you but this body is the only one you're going to get yeah you know and these foods will nourish your body these foods will make you strong they'll make you faster they'll make you um, have better results in your sports they'll make you be able to concentrate better give them all those positives of what eating healthy will do yeah. uh, as they're younger as they grow up then you know they're trying different things and you're like oh, that's not so good for your brain as opposed to don't eat that they'll be like ooh, but I value my brain I value this body because I'm yeah. on whatever team and we want to win you know and it just puts it in a different perspective it's really difficult to tell anybody even you know children adults whatever to stop doing something if you take something away and you don't replace it with something else it's very hard to, to maintain that yeah I, so we I need agree. to replace it with something else or give them a reason why they're not having it yeah absolutely mm-hmm. I agree yeah well it, it all starts at the home really like one of the things yep. we talked about earlier in the podcast yep. was they, they surveyed um, over 1200 students in the San Francisco school and the ones that had associations in their home for uh, rules like you know always having a vegetable with the meal or uh, snacks are only for um, special occasions that sort of thing those ones voluntarily from a snack table took the healthy foods after the survey because they were told hey you can have a reward for doing the survey go ahead and pick some food out and the ones that had those habits in their home picked out the healthy foods and the ones that didn't grab the donuts and chocolate That's bars that really sort of thing. cool yeah yeah but I mean it, it's also another thought I had was it's not just you know what we're giving this, the kids it's also what the, the system is um, there's a great film yes. by Michael Moore called Where to Invade Next, and he kind of looks at Love that. You've seen I've it? I've seen it. It's very good. So you'll remember then they went to uh, a school in France. Yes. And these kids had like a five-course meal. Everything was healthy. And then they compared it to U.S. lunches where, you know, it's a slice Terrible. of pizza or Terrible. a can of pop. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not even just that the parents are giving them these bad habits. It's that the system themselves is yep. incorporating it. So it's... You know, education is the key, right? It is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I always like the the hypocrisy in some of the schools where they tell they tell the parents not to pack cookies or anything for the kids, and then they serve hot dogs yeah. and pizza and stuff at their events. And I'm like, I pack my kids fruits and vegetables and a sandwich every day for lunch, and then and then he goes to these events. He's you're feeding them hot. Anyways, that's yes. a that's a whole other. That's story a whole other there. podcast. We have some more questions for Tanya, though, okay. right? All right. So we're gonna do kind of a, I guess almost a lightning round. So we're gonna throw some different diets at you and you tell us your thoughts on them. Are they good diet, bad diet, or what's good, what's bad about them, that sort of thing. Okay. So the first one that everyone kind of generally agrees is good, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, is the Mediterranean diet. Okay. Um, first of all, I just wanna preface the whole diet thing by saying that I am not a proponent, proponent of being on a diet. Okay. Okay, because diets really don't work. Like I said earlier, everyone's every 90 days if they're on a diet, they're getting mm-hmm. results and they're losing them, getting results and losing it, and then they're, they're searching for something else, right? So it has to be something that you can maintain for life. Right. The Mediterranean diet does um, advocate healthy foods. It's a good um, a good types of foods there. I agree with those. I'm not so much with the grains. Uh, they, they have not as many grains there and they have healthier carbs. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about putting those in. Um, with any of the diets, if someone's choosing to say, oh, I'm paleo or I'm this or I'm that, then um, having a, a balance where you can put your body into a blood sugar stabilization zone, choosing those foods, you can do that. And that's where you need to be in order for your body to remain healthy, uh, balanced, all your, your hormones and your systems run properly, your body can release fat, your muscle takes it up and burns it as energy. You have more energy, you're, you think clearer, um, your hormones are balanced, it's a great place to be. So how do you achieve that blood sugar stabilization? Because there's one of the things we mentioned in our introduction of you mm-hmm. today is kind of one of your ideologies. Can you expand on that a little bit as far as how that's achieved? Sure, so within an hour of when you get up, you need to eat something because right when we get up, our blood sugar's kind of low because breakfast literally means break the fast, right? We've been fasting all night long and so blood sugar starts to go down. So within that first hour after that, your blood sugar kind of hits a low spot. And when you get too low, there's an 80, 80 and 120, you don't have to know those if you're diabetic, you would, yeah, right? The yeah. 80 and 120. Um, but if you're eating properly, you'll stay in that zone. So getting below that 80, your your body starts to need food and you're not giving it if you haven't had a meal. Okay. Your brain needs glucose for fuel. It takes it from the food that you eat, converts it to sugar, takes it to your brain. If you're not feeding it, where is it gonna get it from? Mm-hmm. It doesn't take it from our stored fat, it will only take it from our muscle. 
Right. Brain's not stupid, takes it from the good stuff, right? Yeah. So if we're burning muscle, when we do put ourselves into that fat burning zone, like I said, when our body releases fat, our muscle takes it up and burns it. If there's less muscle to take up that fat and burn it, that's where we get the slower metabolism. So people that have lost weight before, they say, well, I lost weight so fast before, how come it's slower now and I gain the weight back and it's slower every time? They are tanking their metabolism because they've, they've crash dieted, right? And all that they're doing is they've become a smaller person but they haven't necessarily um, got a healthy configuration with the percentage of body fat and muscle mass. Right. So we want to always check the body fat percentage, not necessarily the BMI too is, is a thing. So you want to eat, within an hour of when you get up, you want to eat a protein, a fat, and a carb together, ideally. Okay. And then every three to four hours throughout the day, up until about an hour and a half or so before you go to bed. So we say protein, fats, and carbs, so PFC, every three. I like it. It's pretty easy. I can remember that. Simple rule. Simple rule. You sort of gave some some general recommendations, just you know, uh, from all the diets or whatever we we're mm -hmm. just talking about, but um, or any diet, sorry. Right. Um, what about a vegan diet? Um, vegan, you anybody can do vegan properly, or you can do it really poorly. Yeah. And so my youngest daughter is vegan, and she was doing it very poorly before, <laughs> and she's she's working towards doing it, doing a little better. And a lot of vegans and vegetarians tend to be deficient in vitamin B12 and, right. and uh, low in iron because they're not getting those things from animal sources because they're not eating animal products. Right. Or at least the vegans aren't sometimes, depending on what degree of vegetarianism you are, you may or may not be. Um, so for them, they really need to have a proper supplement to make sure that you're getting that stuff because it's, it's quite dangerous to your health to be deficient in vitamin B12 for a long period of time. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You, you don't want to tank your immune system. You don't want, you're going to get that numbling, n numbing and tingling feeling in your hands and stuff. That becomes a neurological thing. You don't want to go there. So. Makes sense. Yeah. So you got to make sure you get all your proper nutrients. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just drank beer when I was a vegan because that's where I got my B12. Why do you keep calling it a vegan? Vegan, vegan, tomato, tomato. <laughs> Yes, because, right? <laughs> so he's from Ontario, you said, right? So. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That must <laughs> be East Coast thing. Maybe it's East Coast. All right, well, the next one, you have to answer carefully because our previous guest, Dr. Jack, Jack Wolfson, may be listening. Hopefully, he is. <laughs> what do you think about paleo? Um, paleo, yeah, it has a, good, a lot of good um, foods in there as well and good recommendations. The only thing that I noticed when you're looking at paleo is it doesn't tell you anything about balancing the foods. Just like all the other diets, I have no problem with the the paleo foods at all. Those are great. The thing is, is if everyone, if if none of these um, diets or systems or whatever you want to call them, if they don't tell you how to put them together in order to achieve that blood sugar balance, you could you could say then, okay, I'm paleo, I don't eat all day, and I'm eating dinner, but I'm paleo, right? You can right. Put, you can apply that to any of those yeah. diets, right? Yeah. That are out there, um, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent, you can apply them to any of them. So, be if you wanted to to eat paleo, that's great. They have a lot of great foods. Okay, so then is that paleo person who's counseling you? Is there are they also putting in the blood sugar stabilization so that you're going to achieve that balance? Right. Does that so make sense? That totally makes okay. sense. I'm, I'm I'm pretty much you know I, I almost know what you're gonna say. So what about a carnivore diet? Yeah, that's sort of like the keto thing that's going around right now. Everything's mm -hmm. keto. And um, I'm not a big fan of that, just because they're eliminating a whole, a whole section of food groups. Your yeah. carbs, you know. People say don't eat carbs. I don't eat carbs. They say, but they're eating salad. Yeah, you're eating carbs. Those are the carbs you should be eating. So yeah. it's good. If you're saying I don't eat carbs and you're taking out all the processed junk in your life, great. Yeah. That's a good thing. But if you're saying I don't eat carbs, period. Well, where are you getting all your phytonutrients and your vitamins from and your antioxidants from? You know, you're missing that whole group of nutrients and then you're gonna to have to be supplementing and they're not actually wanting you to supplement either so yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting one like I'm I'm actually really interested in it because I think it's dr. Sean Baker's the big proponent of it I could be wrong on that so please feel free to fact check me viewers <laughs> but um, you know he's he's this older guy he's, he's crushing it in the gym since he switched to this he seems really healthy he does blood panels on himself and and if you think about like the Inuit for example right mm -hmm. they didn't have any vegetation in their diet but seemingly had you know less less cases of heart disease and things like that. So, but you you would argue that it's just you know you're not going to get that complete nutrition profile though. Right. Yeah. The other thing is you are what you eat, but you are what your food eats. Absolutely. Absolutely. Microbiotics. Yeah. yeah. So what happens then if the Inuit people uh, from years ago, which I'm sure they eat other things now too, but when you're just when you don't have that access to a store, right? You're mm -hmm. just eating what you hunt. Yeah. So the oceans were a lot cleaner then. 
they're eating a lot of phytoplanktons and all those kinds of things in the ocean, so they're technically right. kind of eating some of that stuff. If that so makes just any sense. Corn, like all the right. So if, if you're going to be that carnivore person that goes to the grocery store and buys all your meat, you're actually eating a large percent of it as corn. Yeah. So you actually are eating carbs, right. a lot of corn, a lot of genetically modified corn. Yeah. So uh, you know, unless it's um, unless you're getting the grass fed, grass finished, organic. Um, then you're not getting any of those nutrients from your meat. So possibly he's doing that. Possibly he's also adding in some greens or things like that into supplement capsules. I don't know. I, I can't speculate gotcha. on what he does. And there's always the um, anomaly to every situation. Yeah, that's true, right? Always exception to the rule. There is. There's an exception to every rule. Yeah. Um, well, the last one, I guess, I mean, you're... <laughs> kind of answering like that answer already. Right <laughs> Atkins, low carb, probably... Uh, just refer to your previous answers. Right? Yeah, pretty much same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we have a fun part of our interview that we do every time, and okay. it's an if you had to choose question. So we kind of give you two equally bad options, and you're forced to choose one of them over the other. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. And I had a really cool little song to introduce it, but our viewers didn't write in and say they liked it. So I guess. Oh. I guess I'm not doing it. I was hoping that. you were gonna sing. You want me to do it? Sure. It's really good. It goes. If you had to choose, if you had to choose, you'd probably choose John, because with Jeff you lose. <laughs> I think it's really good. Guess we made that one up, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, well now you're literally going to get to choose between John and Jeff. Okay, so, okay. Um, if you had to eat one person, would you eat Jeff, or would you eat me? Now, let me, before you answer that, okay, I mean, I probably naturally you'd say probably me, because I just look better in this shirt, but, you know, Forget the outside, because it's what's inside that counts, right? Macrobiotics, you uh -huh. already eat. I mean, I mostly eat organic, uh -huh. so a lot of the food I eat is, you know, grass-fed, organic meats, that sort of thing. I eat a lot of fresh local produce. I go to the farmer's market every week, you know, so I exercise. I don't get, you know, flu vaccinations every year, because all that That's stuff. That's a big one. Exactly, mm. you know, all the toxins and that. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, um, John, on the other hand, would it, tell, tell her a bit about you, John. Just so I mean, I, pre I wake up and I smoke cigarettes and take shots of whiskey. <laughs> um, you know, pretty much breakfast. You look like that. Bowl you know? of sugar that I just pour down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I mean, make your choice. It's Based on that, I would I would have to choose Jeff. See, I went out again. Thank there we you. go. Just Thank for the health you. thing, you know, you already eat. So. Exactly, exactly. I remember reading a book years ago about macrobiotics. Um, changed my way of looking at things. Mm. You are what you eat, right? Yeah. I always said, you, the base of macrobiotics is exactly that. And it's like, you are what you eat and what you eat. Sorry, and whatever you eat, eat That's it, right. all the way down the chain, the right? Down. And so, you know, I always look at it as well, and, and it also impacts the way you think and the quality of your thoughts, the way I look at it too, and that's part of my grind. It's like you are what you eat, and it becomes what you think, mm -hmm. right? And and so, you know, I always thought like, you eat mediocre food, you're going to, you know, have this very mediocre kind of quality of life at the same time, right? Yeah. Whereas if you eat, you know, energized foods, and you know, you stay healthy and whatnot. You're more likely to be energized, and your thoughts will be more energized and right. inspired, right? By what you I agree. So, yeah. That's just you know, that's just my belief. I know John that, you know, I don't say <coughs> exactly. <coughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Well, that's a good answer. I'm glad. I'm glad, Tanya. Um. So if you but you know if you had to eat three different foods, if you could only choose from three different foods, right? it can't be either of us. No. Right. Okay. No. okay. Although we could be a that's side good. dish. Right, your mom uh, dish. <laughs> uh, what would they be if you had to choose three different foods? So what would they be and why? Okay. You can only eat these for the rest of your life. Only eat these for the rest There's of my three life. Three foods. Okay. Edamame beans. If I can count salad uh, greens as like one food. Yeah, I think that's. Okay, legit. so all mixed together, yeah. salad greens, and some grilled chicken and some almonds. Why? Why? Um, I love it. Number one. I, I get my PFC balance, number two. Um, I have a good amount of protein, I have a healthy fat, and I have a whole bunch of dark, leafy, green vegetables all and uh, some colored things mixed up in there, right, if you're having a salad. And so I've got um, my carbs, but I've also got my vitamins and nutrients and things in there to help and support. That makes sense. So I'm kind of covering it all in a, in a very closed box sort of a thing. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I didn't know you were going to ask. Besides Timbits. Besides Timbits? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. 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 J
Just Timbits and smoking. That's that's it, man. The frosty Timbit, oh, the sprinkled no. Timbit, and the chocolate Timbit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <Really. Yeah. laughs> it'd probably be actually something very similar, but I might choose maybe fish or chicken. Mm. Um, just Salmon would be my other choice too. Yeah. yeah, it's really hard to but pick. I think it's a solid, solid choice. Yeah. See, one of my foods would be avocado because I was always told avocado has the right balance of all three PFCs. Mm. In it. So that would be one of my foods right there because it has good fat. It has good fat. It doesn't yeah. have any protein. It doesn't have protein. No. See, I always told I always have omegas in there. Yeah. Actually, um, uh, an acai berry will have doesn't have protein, but it has everything you need in it. Really? Yeah. All your it just it's a it's a complete almost a complete food, right. and the um, the indigenous people in Brazil will chew on them okay. and they're very very healthy down yeah. there so scientists have were looking for places in the world where people were where there was absence of disease right where they were healthiest and that was one of the places and so they went to see why and um, I think it was Dr. Rin, Dr. Roger Rin. anyway he's got a book called Harnessing the Healing Power of Fruit and um, he talks about all that fruit can do for you but th these people down there they, they just chew on the berries and they're apparently they taste a little when you just pick them, yeah. a little bit kind of powdery, maybe cocoa-y, maybe not like a little bit bitter. Right. But if it's properly processed, freeze-dried, and, and put into um, a juice or some sort of gel pack or some sort of, I know that they have it pureed as a dessert in Brazil. I know one of the doctors in Kelowna is from Brazil and he really likes having this when he goes there. And oh. so, yeah, so you get that really big high antioxidant boost with all the stuff that you need, but they eat it quite regularly on a daily basis. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that would be another food, I guess. That Avocado, acai berries. And some protein, and then you're, some, then you're good protein. to go, right? Yeah, that's, that was my Jeff there for the protein. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, um, you know, speaking of food, uh -huh. um, before the show, I provide you a genetic report. So I got a genetic test in recently. And we asked you to bring in some foods that, based on my genetic profile, would be good for someone like me to eat and explain why. So maybe jump to that, what did you bring for us today? Okay, well I brought a whole bunch of uh, veggies and some fruits and some eggs and I did not bring any protein like I told you because being as it's so hot outside here I didn't want anything to right. go bad. Well you brought eggs. I did bring, yeah, sorry I meant protein. the meat yeah, part. Meat protein. Because I did yeah, have yeah. a little cold packs in here but I wasn't sure how, how long that would last. So yeah, fair um, so yeah I would suggest um, salmon, seafood for you, some chicken, skip the beef. Um, how come? Like based Just based on what your profile was. In yeah. It, yeah, there was something in there that's, I have all these notes here. And your, it, it was interesting though, because your report suggested that you needed a lower fat intake. Yeah. But that was um, contraindicated. I believe that. Just because you're, um, you need some, you need some extra uh, vitamin B12. Uh, vitamin A and vitamin E, and those are all fat-soluble vitamins, so you need an increased amount of those. You need the fat to help that, but you're told that you have to have a low-fat diet. So there was a few things that were contraindicated, but it was a very comprehensive What What, what, what could he eat that would kill him off quicker? <laughs> the cigarettes and the sugar. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I'm already there, Jeff. Yeah, yeah so Good. just Excellent. hang in there. It's not, yeah. not that I want to Maybe you can take over his chair. Okay. Yeah, I like that idea. She's so much easier to work with, Sean. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. Probably, I won't probably take, look better in that shirt I, I too. Won't, I won't take the, I won't take your spot. I promise. Um, so they were recommending that you had twenty to twenty-five percent of protein, twenty to twenty-five percent of fat, and fifty to fifty-five percent of carbs. And so, um, being as though you're, it also said you were predisposed to having the LDL, your bad cholesterol, mm -hmm. elevated, and you are at a higher risk chance of someone who would be to regain weight if you needed to lose weight. Right. And but clearly, you don't need to lose weight. But should you have been in that category, then. Right, and then you also there was one for um, um, sugar cravings, like yep. for be um, it very susceptible to those. Yeah, yeah susceptible <laughs> to having sugars and things like that. So sugar and cigarettes. There you go. So <laughs> for me, when when it says the fifty to fifty five percent of carbohydrates, then I would totally mix the processed and the grainy and the starchy type things because those convert to sugar, and at that balance. If your protein is here and your carbs are here, this is where we want to be balanced, a protein and a, a fat and a carb. And if your protein and carbs are about equal, um, you're good. Yeah. If you spike too high with the carbs, you store fat. So if you're going to be storing fat, then that's going to elevate your cholesterol, it's going to you know, put all these right. bad things, and it's going to throw you out of balance, which is going to increase your sugar cravings. Okay, makes sense. So that will start on a path that's not good, right? It's going to be sort of rolling and so you want to so um, if you went by their proportions then I would say to take up that difference with all the leafy ones okay. so 
so increase with your veg, right? Yeah. So you still have your carbs, but you're gonna have your veg and stuff. So um, you can pull them out if you want, and then I'll just I kind of get a little meal plan. Um, so rather than pulling a rabbit out of a hat, I'm pulling sure. rabbit food out of a hat. Yeah, rabbit food out of a hat. There we go. So I thought for a dinner you might do like a <laughs> like a grilled salmon um, with some grilled or baked sweet potatoes or some carrots or something like that. Okay. Um, you. It wanted you, the report said that you need to have a lot more of um, beta carotene, so those are all your orange fruits and vegetables. Right, so we got that here. Yep, so there's one of the orange ones, there's some sweet potatoes in there as well, somewhere in the bottom, um, and there's some peppers, there's some spinach. For breakfast, you can make an omelet with some um, eggs and egg whites, so that you have your protein and your fat, because your, your two egg yolks will give you enough fat. Okay. And then the extra egg whites will bring up the amount of protein. And then you can put whatever of this you'd like in your omelet, you know, really. And then a side of berries. I've got some organic strawberries down there. It's going to be a big omelet. Yeah, and <laughs> that's okay. That's okay? No, it's okay. <laughs> okay. If you take a look at, say you had like, like <laughs> so you had like, um, you know, four to five, five to six um, ounces of protein. If you think of an egg or an egg white, if you just use the egg whites, each egg white is an ounce. If you measure the grams of protein, they're not equal. You need more egg whites or eggs to get the amount of protein to equal the, the meat. Okay, okay so gotcha. it's a little bit lower. So it's that okay if you add the extra egg whites in. She might have this big honking omelet, but you might find if you make a small one, then you're like, ooh, I'm hungry in two hours. I'm not gonna make the three hours, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I tried to get the eggs from my neighbor and her chickens aren't, they're just not quite ready yet. Well, so. there's still free one though, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, so trying to do a little bit better with that. Um, so yeah, put everything you want in that in that omelet because the, all the leafy greens that you're gonna those are your awesome carbs. Avocado. Avocados. There we go. That brings us to lunch. So I know stuff. There you go. Yeah. These avocados are great. Did you know avocado. that you can make an awesome? This is a little aside. An awesome avocado. It's a chocolate tart with avocados. Oh, I know. You can put them in so many. I put them in my smoothies so sometimes. Good. It makes yes. a smoothie really creamy mm -hmm. and yummy. Mm -hmm. I I lived in Maui for six months Ooh. and I lived in the jungle literally and on the property I lived on. They had a ton of fruit trees and whatnot, but they had an avocado tree right in front of my, oh, my little apartment. And uh, I'd go out there every morning and pick a couple avocados and I have all these avocados lined uh, up on my windowsill and I would just, I would eat like two or three of them Oh a day. my goodness, yeah. <laughs> they're so good. They're I mean, so they're, good. When fresh. they're fresh. Yeah, cool. I can't imagine. I've never actually had that experience, but when they're perfectly ripe, they're just so good. They taste you know? so different, yeah. fresh. They're, I don't like because we don't grow avocados. I don't think in Canada. So no, like, by the time they get to us, it's not the same thing. They usually no. pick them really early, right? Yeah. When they ripen on the tree and fall, and you pick them off the ground. It's kind totally of the same. Flavor. I think it would be like tomatoes. We what they taste like in the winter, and yeah. then what they taste like out of your garden. Yeah, right? exactly. I picked some exactly. out of the garden yesterday. Oh. Same with so same, good. same with eating. Uh, you know. Like the strawberries they ship up from California, right? And then eating the fresh local strawberries. Yeah, I've got raspberries difference. in my garden. It's awesome. That's good. Raspberries and blackberries. Let's go to Raspberries and blackberries. Blackberries aren't ready yet, but quinoa salad for lunch. So your quinoa, you're gonna get some complete protein in there. It's also a seed, not a grain. So that when I'm saying you know, eliminate grains and stuff, quinoa not really a grain. It's a seed. Yeah. And then the protein. Throw, yeah, Lots of protein. you've got some complete protein yeah. in there. Plus, you can throw some shrimp or some chicken in there, whichever one is your favorite. Okay. Those ones, none of this has fat yet. So then, throw your avocado. Slice up some avocado. Throw that in there. Some cucumbers, tomatoes, bell peppers, maybe a red onion, some kale, and uh, you've got a great Tomatoes. salad that covers all of those PFCs. It covers um, all of your, um, you know, to support your muscle, to support your immune system, to support the antioxidants, all those kinds of things. Um, and then the dinner, oh, we already talked about the grilled salmon or the chicken and sweet potato and broccoli is where the broccoli came from. As we know from previous episodes, I'm a big fan of broccoli. <clears throat> broccoli sprouts. Who doesn't like broccoli? And you grow your own, which is amazing. Yes. I don't know anybody who, made, who grows their own broccoli sprouts. I know. Between cigarettes and sugar, I eat broccoli sprouts. There you go. <laughs> just to keep a good balance. Yeah, just to balance it out. Yeah, there you, you go. You've got your protein, fats, and carbs. i got cigarettes, sugar, and, and that. So. Okay. It's my three rule. There you go. <laughs> Don't think I can subscribe to that. No. No. So Tanya, this is all well and good, but why why is it better to eat those foods uh -huh. than say for breakfast or lunch or whatever than for John to have his Timbits every day? John to have his Timbits every day. Wow. Okay. If someone were, I would never recommend Timbits every day, obviously too many sugars or any type of packaged processed thing like that. I'm not saying that people can't have treats though. Well, we're are here you? to change your mind. Are yeah. you? Yes. Well, you know, broccoli's great and everything, yep. but you can't do this with broccoli. What, oh, what are we doing? I guess you could do that with broccoli. I don't it's know how. Timbit pong or something? <laughs> so this, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, drop it into my mouth. Oh. I was up on the balcony. 
So I was trying <laughs> to aim for John. <laughs> and did it work? Almost. I, I was trying to get some sun this morning, so yeah. I had to put some thin bits on my eyes. To, <laughs> but mind you, I guess I was blocking the vitamin D then coming in my eyes. So yeah. that probably. That's not so, so bad for a you know a use for timbits. Yeah, yeah like it's a good use because you didn't actually ingest. Except it. I got all the sugar. I was on gonna say it might be a little sticky later. Yeah, that's me working out. Working out. Okay. Did you see the bicep? Doing some curls. Doing some curls with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you could use the box and fill it up with other things that, to make it heavier. That that's true. Yeah. Um, this was us playing, um, what was it like, you know, at the carnival where we wanted oh, to, like, ups, to knock, the knock them off. down. Yeah, yes. so lots of useful things you can do with timbits. Right, you could use that. That you could not do with broccoli. No, or eggs. Would be the same. Or eggs. Mm, eggs probably would be a bit messy, yeah. There's John probably doing a working out. Okay. Yeah, a bit there lame, but you know. <laughs> and then there's, this is our timba, uh, timbit palm, right? You try to bounce the timbit off the glass into Do the Do they cup. even bounce? Doesn't work so well. Okay. No, no we discovered so. no, I discovered it if if you are ever to play timbit palm, mm -hmm. you know, beer palm with a with a Okay, you know, I'm you play, of it. well you yeah. know, beer palm is like a you know, play with the ping pong, right? right. The ping pong okay. bounce off the table. You would definitely leave if you played that with timbits, if you played beer pong with tim you'd leave sober that night, absolutely for sure. Because right. they just kind of splat splat onto the table and they don't Fair really, enough. Yeah. Um, and this is me juggling. Ah. So yes, I'm a juggler. Okay. Yeah, I grew up doing acrobats. So cool. I learned how to juggle at a very young age. Uh, nook shooks. Everyone knows it's always fun to build a nook shooks. Right? And they're both Canadian. A yeah. Nook shooks and Could, timbits. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't do that with broccoli. That'd be very difficult to do with broccoli. You could get some arms from broccoli though. You could make arms that, with them. That we could have put little broccoli, broccoli things in and made a snowman sort of with it, and put the carrot, you know, a little piece of carrot yeah. for your nose. I don't know, maybe a bit too small. And then there's finally, you know, John, we had to do something with the Timbits at the end of it, so I was feeding John. <laughs> he was hungry. How you know. many? He gets those sugar that? cravings, remember? Right. He's yeah. to those. You're so feeding the sugar cravings. Exactly, oh, exactly. So, so, so the, you know, fun with Timbits. <laughs> fun right? with Timbits. Yeah, exactly. So, well, yeah. Tim Hortons might want to use your. I think version. that's the one takeaway our viewers can get today is that they should not eat any of this stuff. And just focus on tidbits. <laughs> Mission accomplished, right, Tanya? There you go. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. No, it was an awesome uh, getting to talk to you today about nutrition. I think our viewers are really going to enjoy this. Yeah. Um, tell us how they can find you on the interwebs. Okay, you can find on me the interwebs? on the interwebs. What is that? It's better than vegan. <laughs> <laughs> you must be from BC. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at fuelignitethrive.com. Uh, that's my website. I also have. A group on Facebook, anybody can join. It's called Eight Weeks is All It Takes, so eight with the digit. And it's free to join. There's a lot of great videos in there, how to eat PFC, how to learn the program, how to join. And there's about 500,000 people around the world now in the last four years that have uh, started um, living this program. And it's, so it's a program for life. It's not something that's a diet. It's something that you can do when you're traveling. It's something yeah. you can do at home. Your family should eat this way. Kid athletes, we have a kid athlete program. Uh, just that's the way our bodies love to be and it puts us in a good state of balance so that we can live and thrive and create a better healthy environment take back control of our health so it's so it's fuelignitethrive.com yes that's correct awesome mm -hmm. awesome. i'm also on instagram and twitter and yeah on facebook so you can find me anywhere perfect yeah and the first letter of each of those makes fit right it does yeah. fit nutrition yeah. that's my company remember it yeah perfect awesome well jeff i think you have some uh, final thoughts for us yeah, absolutely. Once again, I'm left with the, you know, part of the podcast to reflect on everything we've talked about because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm insightful and wise. Um, anyways, so what I, what I gather, am I boring you, John? Oh, what? Sorry. I just, you know, um, what I gathered from today, it's just, it's not just about what we eat, but how we eat it. Yeah. Right. Um, our families play a large influence in our lives in terms of on whether or not we adopt healthy lifestyle behaviors, especially nutrition, you know? They do, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And so, so whether when you're preparing your next meal, talk with your family um, about why you're choosing the foods you're using for that meal. Um, educating others empowers them to make healthy choices even when we're not around, right? Absolutely, it does. Um, and, you know, by talking about healthy nutrition, it, it normalizes healthy choices and makes for great table conversation at the same, at the same time too. It does, right. and it provides for a little bit more diversity because people sometimes want to get in there and help you cook. If you get your kids up there helping you cook, um, the studies show that kids that cook eat better. 
Exactly. Because exactly. they're more invested. They've helped to create this wonderful meal. And even if it's something that they might not have wanted to eat last week, if they've helped chop it up and prepare it, they will eat it nine times out of ten. Oh, absolutely. My they son will. loves helping to, to prepare. Oh, you know, my kids always did too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I think it's important, it's especially important too, just because there's so much, um, you know, marketing out there of bad foods and unhealthy foods, whether it's on billboards or on commercials or whatever. We have to, I think, uh, balance all that out, mm -hmm. you know, more so with the healthy, you know, with educating our children about healthy choices That's because right. they're being bombarded by, you know, all of these ads for Timbits or yes. box pizza or, you know, slushies and all this stuff that that's why I think it's even more important these days to, you know, to have that education in our, in our, you know, in our family at meal time, working, you know, making it together and it is, it yeah. together and talking about it and being the example for your yeah. children. So there's that, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. It's so much more powerful when you tell somebody, let's go do it rather than just you go do that. So Absolutely. we can't just tell our kids, you need to do this. We need to be that example and live it so that they can follow us and emulate it and that's how they learn, right? They learn through osmosis through what we're doing. And same with if you're trying to influence your parents' health, your elderly parents or your neighbor or something like that, if you're doing it and they're seeing how, how good you feel and, um, and the results that you're getting, they're more likely to sort of ask you what you're doing and, and get on board rather than if you just say, oh, you should probably do that. Well, why? Why would they listen to you, right? Why? Yeah. They, they would much rather join in with somebody who's getting success than just to be told what to do. Yeah, I agree, absolutely. And, and truthfully too, I mean, it can backfire on you too because, oh, yeah. you know, if, if you, um, if you don't let your children have the occasional treat, mm -hmm. like you were talking when we were kids, we'd get the, you know, occasional ice cream cone maybe once a week or whatever. Um, and, you know, if you don't allow your kids to have that, you know, occasional treat though, it could, it, you know, they could go the other way. When they get older, they, they just, all they want to eat is junk. And so, so it's having, helping them understand how, you know, generally speaking, you, you eat healthy foods and every now and again, it's okay to have that piece of pie or, or yeah. you know, a little scoop of ice cream or whatever, not to make it part of your you know, daily routine in terms of Absolutely. Your, your meals. Absolutely. That's one thing I never tell my clients, you can't have this. I, you can have whatever you want, yeah. right? But try and want the healthier things more. You know, just put, put those things in balance. And once you start feeling really good because you're, you're doing a few good things, you just don't want to go back to feeling crappy. Yeah. So that's where that, you know, the, the treat You don't want to go back in. to feel like John. No, nobody no. wants to be no. the smoker with the whole bowl of sugar. Yeah. That doesn't feel good. <laughs> the life expectancy goes way down. That's so right. That's you don't right. want to do that. Don't be there. All right, well. Words of wisdom, and you may have a new co-host next episode of Five, <laughs> five Kilo over here. But uh, I want to remind everyone, email podcast at corehealth.global. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And check out uh, the site, fuelignitethrive.com. Thank you to our guest, Tanya, today for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks Thank for having you, me. It was fun. Have a healthy day, everyone.